Welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, where we explore the mindset, behavior, and success strategies of high-achieving women. It's an inspirational show that helps ambitious women maximize their performance from the inside out and thrive in the world of business. I'm your host, Shona Rowan, inspirational speaker, mindset and high-performance coach, and founder of the Psychology of Successful Women Career and Business Acceleration Programs. On each episode, you will hear insightful conversations with trailblazing women about how they have built a successful career or thriving business and how they cope with setbacks and challenges. Most importantly, each episode will help you sharpen your mindset, share practical advice, and inspire you to take your success to the next level. Today's guest on the Psychology of Successful Women podcast is Jo Gubby. She's the head of learning and development at Slaughter and May. Jo started her career as a disputes lawyer at what is now called Brian Cave Leighton Paisner. She also started one of the first women's networking groups, the Adelaide Group, in 1999, and she has a long-standing interest in the gender agenda and work-life balance. In 2000, she moved into training at Ashurst, initially legal training, and then broader L&D as the head of L&D from 2003 to 2016. In this episode, we talk about her career transition from being a disputes lawyer to finding her true passion in the world of legal, learning, and development, the importance of building your authentic personal brand and embracing what makes you unique, work-life flow, finding the right boss, and her personal tips on avoiding burnout. And she also gives lots of practical advice and wisdom to help other women create a successful and fulfilling career on their terms. So Joe, welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. It's fabulous to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so flattered to be included in your list of fabulous women. I'm not entirely sure why I have been, but I'm very grateful. Oh, Joe, you're seriously one of the most amazing women I know. And I'm humbled that you said yes, because there's so much wisdom that I get from you and so many amazing tips and advice every time we've caught up. So I really want to share that with, with other listeners and other women on this call. So thank you so much for saying yes is, is my first thing to say to you. So I'm delighted to have you here, Joe. and there are so many things I would love to talk to you about. So perhaps to get started, you could tell us about your career journey and transition from being a disputes lawyer and then moving into the world of legal learning and development. So I spent 15 years as a disputes lawyer, um, and obviously when I started, I thought it was going to be a career for life. Um, <laughs> And it was very interesting that it just didn't feel very fulfilling after a while. And mm. then the more I, the more experience I got, the more I realized that what I really liked doing was managing people and developing them. Mm. Um, so I moved almost sideways into training, started with legal training, um, and then across into broader L&D. I have had my entire career in law firms, however, so um, I'm afraid <laughs> I don't have much experience of the world outside that rarefied world. Well, I'm going to ask you some more about that expertise in a minute, just Joe. So, you know, something that you and I connected on right at the beginning, and I know you're hugely passionate about, is mentoring and supporting women and, you know, other women in business. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on why gender balance, you know, gender equality is important to organisations and perhaps linked to that, you know, how you've seen some of these attitudes change during your career. Uh, well, obviously, it's been a long career, um, <laughs> 35 years and counting. Yeah. Um, actually, I can't quite believe we're still having this conversation. Mm. 
Um, so that's, you know, that's a sadness, I guess, because it's something that's been, you know, I've been campaigning on effectively for my entire career. Yeah. Um, but on the positive side, actually, we finally reached a point where businesses appreciate the importance of diversity of gender and mm. other diversity. Yeah. Um, as a bottom line thing. And that is really, really important because it's no longer seen as altruistic um, mm. and it's now seen as critical to business success. So that shift, I think, has been hugely significant. Mm. Um, obviously, it's not perfect. We've still got gender pay gaps. We've still got unequal representation at senior levels. Um, so there's still a lot to be done. Um, and also there are other causes now, um, other diversity agendas that are coming up much faster, which is, again, hugely important. Mm. Um, so we've still got a way to go. And um, for me, we've got to carry on campaigning until we make sure there is genuine equality. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting there. I do believe we're getting there. Yeah, and I know when you and me have spoken about this before, like you said, the progress perhaps is slow, but things are moving. You know, there's a way to go, but we've still come a long way. So so I, yeah. I like hearing that from you. So building on that, you know, as someone who has been helping women progress for, you know, in, in their careers for many, many years as the head of learning and development for these amazing global law firms, you know, what do you see as some of the success factors or characteristics of women that you've seen reach you know, high levels of success. And it could be anything to do with perhaps their approach to learning and development, specific behaviours or mindsets or career acceleration strategies, you know, some of that, those specific things that they do perhaps that you think has helped them get ahead. Okay, so one thing I think has been hugely significant and obviously over the, in the programmes that we've done over the years together, um, you mm. know, you and I have really worked on this together. Yeah. Um, it's helping women to articulate who they are mm-hmm. and to have personal brands that are both authentic and memorable. Um, and actually, I'm going to turn this one right back around on you because <laughs> you are the perfect example of this. The first time we met, I remember you telling me almost by the by about your championship ballroom dancing career. And I said, I remember saying to you, why do you not make more of this? You know, mm. you achieved at the top level in yeah. something super cool and people will love to know this about you and yeah. it will give them a way of connecting with you. Um, and I, I do take credit for the fact that since then you have um, built that into um, your USP. Yeah. Um, there are different ways of doing it. And actually, I still vividly remember being in a room with a male trainer um, who told the room that I was memorable because I had great shoes and bags. <laughs> and honestly, to this day, I don't think he understands what the problem mm. was with that statement. Yeah. Um, so there we are about brand. You have to be very sensitive to it, very careful about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, another key to success is to have role models and mentors because, mm. you know, we stand on the shoulders of these women who've come before us. Um, and when I started, the only successful women were the ones who literally behaved like men. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness, both the criteria for success and the behaviour have changed since mm-hmm. then. And now we've got so many amazing women to look up to, all of whom are successful on their own terms. Yeah. So that's something I think is really important to look yeah. for women who inspire you and think about what you can learn from them. I was just going to build on both of those points. Firstly, to say, Joe, I so remember that moment when you did say that to me about my personal brand. And I use that story now with many of my clients, because like you said, 
in my head, I thought, you know, what's no big deal or it was a long time ago and I just minimized it in my mind. And actually the truth is, like you said, people love hearing about that. And when I started sharing it, people, you know, a lot of people are interested in dancing or interested in elite sport. And it really links to a lot of the things that I teach and train and coach people on now around confidence and mindset and resilience and, you know, bouncing back from setbacks and all those kinds of things. So I so hear what you're saying. I think for everyone listening in, often, you know, there's things that make us unique. We can minimize or they just seem so close to us that we really don't value them. So I'm extremely grateful to you for pointing that out to me. And I do tell that story a lot and it has become an authentic part of my brand. And and now I honestly think it's still one of the main things people ask me about. You know, when that comes up, it's a topical thing. It's a conversation starter. So I love that point. And your thing around finding positive role models, Joe. I think that's so important for all of us. You know, finding women that we can relate to, who we think, you know, there's attributes and qualities that we would like to learn from them and kind of emulating them. Because the great thing is, like you said, there's lots of different sorts of female role models now. And perhaps, you know, a few years back, there weren't as many female role models in different sorts of roles. And that's why I've had lots of different speakers on the podcast, because I want to raise the awareness of these different role models in these different industries. So people have got these positive role models to look up to. So I think that's really important so that we can all see those examples and and choose to kind of emulate and role model some of those positive behaviors. So I love, I love both of those tips. Is there another one, perhaps, Joe, or anything else you see in these amazing women that you get to work with all the time in terms of like a strategy or success characteristic, if you like? Um, women need mentors. Well, people need mentors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not just one mentor, but several. Mm. Um, but what's interesting about women is that they often think it's a sign of weakness to ask for help and advice. Whereas actually, I think most people love being asked to help. Um, it's very flattering. Yeah. Um, I mean, my career change to L&D came about because I met a woman through a city working parents network um, who took an interest in me. And once I told her a little bit about my um, love of training, she introduced me to somebody at a law school. He hired me as an advocacy trainer. And that's how my L&D career started. Mm. Um, and then the flip side of that is, of course, it, you know how important it is to be a mentor. Um, and you're never too young to pay it forward, share your knowledge um, and insight with other women. You know, be generous, offer to help people. Yeah. Um, Again, talking about, you know, you and I over the years, um, you offered to mentor my daughter, Rachel, who wants to be a psychologist. Yeah, um, she's amazing. And that, <laughs> and that, so that was hugely influential for her. And you really helped to, to inspire her, but also to coach her and to help her with identifying her direction. So, you know, it's a simple thing. Help others to get on in the world yeah. and they will always remember you for it. Yeah, and I, and I love hearing that. And yeah, I'm a big fan of Rachel. She's amazing. I've really enjoyed all the conversations we've had. And like you said, having different sorts of mentors, because I, throughout my career, have had a kind of main male mentor. Um, he's probably listening in. Shout out to him who's helped me throughout my career, who was there when I very first decided to start my own business in 2006 back in London. And had I not had some of that guidance and mentoring from him, I know, you know, my career wouldn't have gone the way, my business wouldn't have gone the way it's gone. And, and similarly, I've had female role models 
couples throughout, you know, the years as well. And one of my big ones, Liz, I'm sure she's listening in. And again, a bit like your story, actually, Joe. she saw something in me and encouraged me to pursue my love of training and development. I'm not sure if I ever told you that story, but probably a little bit like Rachel, your daughter. When I'd finished studying psychology, I was at a crossroads thinking, what do I want to do? What do I want to specialize in? And through random events, I ended up working at a university. And thanks to Liz, she encouraged that training and development style in me and that, you know, those passions in me. And as you know, the rest is history. So Role models is huge. I totally agree with you. And like you said, not feeling like it's weak or feeling embarrassed to seek people out because most people love mentoring others. It's really fulfilling to both receive mentoring but also to be a mentor. So I think that's I think that's a fabulous tip. So linked to that um, question, Joe, are there any things that you think women underestimate the value of or potential blind spots that we might have that we could be more aware of? Most women, well, many women that I've come across aren't actually underestimate themselves. Mm. Um, and that's the biggest derailer. You know, they lack confidence in the workplace and they suffer from imposter syndrome. Well, let me tell you, after 35 years, I still <laughs> suffer from imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. When you asked me to do this podcast, my first reaction was, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> and then I met my daughters. And, and they told me that I was wisdomous, which is the word that they've coined. To I love that word. Yeah. And they reminded me of all the advice I've given them over the years. And so that's a lot of that is what I'm giving to you now. Mm. So actually, my tip here is fake it till you make it. Literally pretend to be a more confident person and behave accordingly. And the more you practice, the more it will become a reality. Mm. I love both those tips and seriously, every woman I've had on the show, I think every senior woman I've pretty much ever spoken to, Joe, will all say they've struggled with imposter syndrome or they have those doubts and everyone I've interviewed has said that same thing that you just said, which is a, a little bit of that who am I or what have I got to share. So I think, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to achieve with this podcast was to really raise awareness to some of these challenges that we all face and then to kind of really normalise it, you know what I mean, because we all have moments well, we question that. And, and you know, the background of imposter syndrome, it was originally called high achieving women's syndrome, Joe. So it's not surprising, isn't it? It's the high achieving women that often struggle with that the most. So I think that's a great tip for everyone listening in. You know, if you felt like that, it's extremely common. You know, don't let it hold you back. Don't underestimate yourself, you know, especially people that perfectionists, super high achievers, people who perhaps are quite self-critical. And your second point around faking it till you make it, you and me have talked about this on workshops and shared the great research by the fabulous Amy Cuddy, social scientist from Harvard, who has all the great research that actually backs that up by saying when you act confident, as you said, with practice, that starts to become the reality. You know, if you start to act in a way that you would like to be, then then your, your feelings and your emotions catch up. So fake it until it becomes true. I think that's a really good strategy for everyone listening in, you know, because body language impacts how we feel. Um, was there one more tip, Joe, that you wanted to share around anything we need to watch out for? I know you and me have spoken about language before. You'd mentioned that to me. Yeah, that's so interesting, Shona. Um, language, the tendency to use non-assertive language you know in my L&D career I talk to a lot of people I help a lot of people with presentations mm. and I've literally lost count of the number of times I tell women not to begin every sentence with the words I think yeah um, and, and tell them not to apologize not to start mm. word, sentences with sorry you know men don't do that mm. so it's 
part of faking it till you make it, which is mind the language. Language matters and it needs to be more assertive. Such a powerful tip and I see that as well in my work and I help people with presentations and I see a lot of women, like you said, starting with an apology or starting with something that kind of minimises. So just being for all of us really mindful of the language that we use. And I'm sure, Joe, it was in a workshop that you and me did together where we shared that fabulous video about sorry, not sorry. You know, the, yeah. um, <laughs> and it just shows you, for everyone listening in, you can Google sorry, not sorry. It's a funny advertisement. Um, I think it was based in the UK. It might have been international, but it, it just sort of just showed, um, followed the life of a few women throughout the day. And it was a humorous take on how often we will often apologize and say sorry. Even when things, you know, we haven't even done anything wrong and it makes that point that you just said then really powerfully, be mindful of our language, use assertive language, use confident language and research does say women do apologise a lot more than men. We say sorry a lot more than men. So for everyone listening in, yeah, be conscious of the way that language impacts, you know, your credibility and all those sorts of things. So that's a fabulous tip. So Building on that, I know a lot of the people listening in, Joe, work in these really dynamic and highly competitive environments, you know, like you worked in, like I've worked in. What would be some of your personal tips um, for other women to help avoid burnout, to help, you know, help them maintain that good mix between their personal life and their professional life, to look after their mental, physical health, all those sorts of things? What would be some of Joe's tips and wisdom around this? Well, obviously, in my L&D practice, this comes up a lot. Mm. Um, it's one of the main conversations that we have with people in the business. Yeah. Um, I guess my most important tip is don't try and have it all. I mean, mm. it's just a myth. You have to prioritise, and that depends on where you are in your life. Um, while I had a young family, I worked part-time, and I made the decision to plateau at work for a while. Now, I'm not suggesting that your career has to take a backseat to a family. Absolutely not. But what I am saying is that you need to choose how you invest your time and your energy at any given moment. And that balance will shift over time. Um, And that's right. And you just have to be honest about it and own it and make your choices. So many women I've spoken to have said that exact same thing, Joe. Like wise women who have had these amazing careers, they will always say, you know, you can't do it all and you can't have it all at exactly the same time because the reality is, like you said, we only have a certain amount of time and energy. And if we don't want to burn out, then it's about balancing those different priorities and recognising at some times maybe this is more of a priority than something else. And that's absolutely okay, you know, which links into kind of being in alignment and living in alignment with our own values. And, and maybe that also links, Joe, to some things you and me have talked about, about being mindful of just not comparing maybe your journey or your part in your journey to someone else who's at a slightly different stage or on a slightly different path. You know what I mean? So I love that tip. I love that tip. Did you have another one linked to, you know, self-care and um, just avoiding burnout? Shona, another thing I think is really important in terms of self-care is to be able to talk to people Mm. and to be listened to. You know, nobody's got a perfect life. The ability to talk about your thoughts and your feelings, whether positive or negative, is absolutely crucial to well-being. Um, And over recent years, I've done quite a few training courses around talking therapies And I am absolutely astonished by the power of something as simple as being listened to can have. So 
my big tip is make sure you've got somebody to speak to. It doesn't need to be a professional. It doesn't need to be a coach. Yeah. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. It could be anybody. But don't bottle things up because it's incredibly powerful to be able to talk and to be able to be listened to. Mm. So true. And I can second that. And one of the things, as you know, that I teach a lot and speak on is resilience. And the research says exactly what you just said then, Joe. like one of the biggest, they call them protective factors, is having those people to listen to. It's those supportive, non-judgmental relationships where you can say, I'm not feeling okay, or I'm having this big challenge, or I'm feeling really upset. And talk therapy, all those things. I'm a huge fan. And I think that's a really important tip for everybody listening in because, you know, letting things go for too long, often if we're not checking in with ourselves, then then it is harder to pull them back and get on an even keel. So be mindful of how we're feeling, seek out those relationships, all that stuff is such, such powerful advice. Thank you for sharing that. So one thing, Joe, I know you're reflective as am I. So if you could go back in time, and I'm sure you share a lot of this wisdom with your with your younger daughters, you know, what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self if you could go back, knowing what you know now? Well, it sounds like a cliche, but my my one piece of advice I would give myself 35 years ago is yeah. actually be true to yourself, mm. find your purpose. Um, you know, I, did, I didn't find my purpose originally. Um, yeah. I was brought up by middle-class Jewish professional parents um, and in those days, you know, there were only three careers for a nice Jewish girl. You could become a, a, a doctor, an accountant or a lawyer. And I, you know, I wasn't scientific and I definitely wasn't numerate. So that left being a lawyer. So I became a lawyer without really questioning it mm. and it didn't fulfill me. And it was very interesting how grateful I was actually to find um, another path um, later on in life but you know it it sort of feels a bit like a waste of 15 years where I could have been doing something that gave me a lot more purpose so what I see with my own daughters who are in their 20s is that you know that generation they're just following their hearts Mm. and one is working in mental health and the other is doing a master's in sustainability so you know they're looking after people and the planet and they're much more principled and, to be honest, far less materialistic than I was at their age. Yeah. Um, but they are being true to themselves and I think they will have much more fulfilling lives as a result. Such a powerful tip. Follow your, you know, find your purpose, follow what lights you up, be true to yourself. I think they're really, really powerful guidance for everybody listening in. So linked on that, Joe, you've obviously received a lot of advice and coaching and training throughout your career what would be one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? I'm sure you received a lot, but is there sort of one standout piece or something you would love to share with the listeners? One of the best pieces of advice I ever received was to find a good boss. And honestly, I didn't realise quite what how good that advice was until I had the boss from hell. <laughs> oh, um, I love your open openness and honesty, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Boss, and sadly she was a woman which makes it worse somehow but she was very threatened by me and she made my life hell and mm. I, I've never forgotten that experience it was soul destroying oh. on the other hand I've worked for some fantastic bosses and again women yeah. um, who've inspired me who've empowered me and who've trusted me not only to do a great job, but to make them look good, which I always have done. Yeah. So if I was 
pass on that advice, I would say if you are with the wrong boss, honestly, cut your losses and move on. You're not going to thrive in that environment. Find somewhere where you can be your best self. And I, I second that. I've had both experiences as well. And like you said, sometimes you just have to accept for whatever reason that's not the right place for you. It's not the right personality match. You're not going to thrive there. And you know what? You will somewhere else. So cut your losses and move on. But finding the right boss. And like you said to me before, you know, and the research shows people do, they leave bosses often, not the organization. Because you could work for an amazing company but if the specific person you're working with or reporting with, you know, if that doesn't work, then that can create a huge amount of stress and unhappiness in your life. So that's a great one. So a final question, Joe, I would love to ask you and that I love asking all my guests is, is there an inspirational quote or two or a guiding principle or something that you tell yourself when the going gets tough that you would love to share with our listeners, like a final piece of advice? You know, Shona, I really enjoyed thinking about this when you sent me the question. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> this, was, this was the bit that didn't freak me out. <laughs> and I came up with three, so I'm afraid I'm going to bore you. With- yeah, no, share. We love, we love these. Share us three. <laughs> so in terms of, um, you know, the Amy Cuddy piece of fake it till you make it or at least believe in yourself, yeah. um, I love Maya Angelou's quote from And I Still Rise, where she says, I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman, that's me. Oh, I that love is that. I love her quote. and I love that quote. I know. That's so um, I've got two more and again, they're very short. Okay. One is just absolutely adorable. It's from The Wizard of Oz and it's when Glinda the Good Witch says, you had the power all along, my dear. And I think that probably sums up the experience of most women. Oh, and that one again really resonates with me because it's a sense of it's inside all the time. You know, I really like that. And it links to everything I'm passionate around mindset and psychology and all of that. You know, so I love that sense that you had it all along. That's a beautiful one. And what was your third one? The last one is incredibly topical, and I could not let them <laughs> in where we have a woman vice president of the United States elect. I could yeah. not let this moment pass. And it brought tears to my eyes when Mm. Kamala Harris stood up and said, while I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. Yeah, her speech brought tears to my eyes as well and just like gave me goosebumps. So I I love that quote as well. And and it's an indication, isn't it, Joe, of the changing times that are coming for all of us and having these positive role models on a global stage, these women up there. So I, I love that quote. So, look, Joe. thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are such an amazing role model and supporter of women and men, and I've always really, really enjoyed catching up with you, both face-to-face in London, pre-COVID, and also now via Zoom and by phone. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your tips and your advice with all our listeners. Thank you so, so much, and I really look forward to staying in touch. My great pleasure, and it's been absolutely lovely, as always, catching up with you, Shona. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button or go to psychologyofsuccessfulwomen.com to download our free ebook and access a bunch of other resources. See you on the next episode.